Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Now, I just want to bring some clarification to all of us tonight uh, on the subject of faith, okay? I know you have heard a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot about faith. But let's dig a bit deeper into um, this subject of faith. Say, Holy Spirit, we recognize you. You are a person. And we recognize you as a person. You are the most important person here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Show me, let me start from here. Show me Psalm 78. Let's read from verse 35. Now, Psalm 38 talks about talks about um, the stubbornness of the Israelite when God brought them out of Egypt. Now, we all know that God did amazing things. Psalm 78, do from verse 35. Okay. So, they, we all know that God did amazing things for them. He opened, in fact, what he did for them in Egypt. All the ten plagues that happened. You remember? He, God showed Pharaoh, shook the land of Egypt. So that the people of Israel can just come out. So they saw the mighty hand of God. When they came out of Egypt, he took them through you know, and uh, the wilderness, he, he showed forth one of his amazing glory. You know, the Shekinah. So they began to see God in his glory, the fullness of his glory as the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They also saw God through the rod of Moses open the sea for them to go through. Now after they went through, they saw the mighty hand of God bring water out of the rock for them to drink. They saw the mighty hand of God when they were hungry. He brought, he rained manna, angels' food. Manna was angels' food. God went to the extent of that, saying that if there's no human food around, I can even supply you food that I give to angels to bring to you. He brought it to them, they ate. 
they complained of meat. He guarded, you know, quails by the Spirit of God. He guarded all of them like this and brought so that they can catch as many as they could. Now remember, assuming that God did not gather the quails for them and God has just brought the birds and said they should jump or catch. I'm sure some of them will have stroke with their hands because they will try and they, they might not be able to catch as, not, as many as they want to. But God did this. He brought it to them so close to them that they can just stand there and catch the bird. They caught, you know, it is like God saying that these are the birds. They, the birds can't go anywhere until you are done catching as many as you can. God did this for them. They were never hungry. They were never thirsty. They were not in need. He gave them the wealth of Egypt. Listen to me carefully because of where we are going. He did all these things for them. But then let's read. The Bible says that, and they remembered that God was their rock. And the high God, their redeemer. Uh -huh. Nevertheless, they did flatter him. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongue. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, oh, forgave their iniquity and destroyed, their, destroyed them not. Many a time turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passed away. <laughs> they were like wind that passed away. And come not, cometh not again. How often they provoke him in the wilderness. And grieve him in the desert. Can you see these two things? They did what? They provoked him. And what? Grieved him. They provoked him and they grieved him. 41. Yea, they turned yea, they, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. No, I, want, I just want to note here. They turned back and what? And tempted God. And limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. They limited God. Hmm. When you, you can read, the, when, you, when you go home half time and read everything, you understand. David did he understand why they did this. Okay, let's read a few more. But remember this too. They turned their back, tempted God, and then limited the Holy One of Israel. Today we'll see if you too, you, you limit God. Now today, a lot of believers limit God today. How were they limiting God? They remembered not his hand. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when they delivered, when he delivered them from the enemy. Hold on, hold, go back. So what is happening here? What is, what? let's do some Bible breakdown. What is it that they did that limited God? 
they didn't remember not. That's what the Bible says. They remembered not his hand. So what do you think they did actually? What was it that they were doing that limited God? The way they think, the way they were thinking was what was limiting God. So they limited God with their thinking. They limited God with their thinking. Behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? They limited God with their thinking. They remembered not his hand. Nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Uh-huh. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt. So when you read from here up to I think verse 45 or 47. He was talking about all the things that he did in Egypt for them. They couldn't see the magnificence of God's power and God's glory. And all the things that God did. Yet... They always think God can do so much. Now, this is similar to what I'm going to share with you today. I'm talking to you. You know what I'm talking to you about, right? The faith of Christ. Or the faith of Jesus Christ. Now, you, you see that God indeed did what he did for them. It was there. But their mind limited the reality of what has happened. Now, if God has defeated Egypt for me, I can believe God to defeat Egypt and 25 countries more together. Is that okay? Some of us, we limit God in the same manner by the way we think. So what do you think is happening here? There is a soul problem here. There is a soul problem here. Remember, your mind is in your soul. So your soul can limit God from doing exactly what he wants to do for you. If this is true, in Romans chapter 10, no, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5, the Bible says that once upon a time we were dead in sin. We were what? Dead in sin. Now, to be dead in sin means your spirit, your soul, your body. Because of what Adam did. Sin did totally. But the next verse, you see, the, the space between sin and hearth is a lot of work in between. We were dead in sin, comma. Even when we were yet we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. The word is he has made us alive. And we all know that nobody can become alive in Christ until he receives Christ. That's what I'm saying. In between sins and heart quickening, there is something that has happened in there. And what has happened in there is one, believing, having faith and believing in Christ and receiving Jesus into his heart. Then the Bible says you are quickened. You are made alive. Do you remember Wednesday? So now you understand sin very well, right? It's sin your master. 
said, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive. He made us alive in Christ. But once upon a time, we were alive in sin. Can you see this? Okay. Now follow me clearly. Now, before we became alive in Christ, that means receive Jesus. He says you were dead. Your spirit, your soul, your body. The faith that you used in believing Jesus, where did the faith come from? <laughs> where did the faith come from? Is it your shortcoming faith? Is it your human faith? Should I take it again? The Bible says that we were dead in sin. Now, you remember when Adam brought sin into the world, your spirit was cut short from God, from the flow. In other words, your spirit died spiritually. I hope you understand that. Your soul was corrupted. Do you remember? And your body receives mortality to die. So both your spirit, your soul, and your body died. Is that clear? Now, Jesus, for us to be alive in him, we must have faith in him. And I'm asking you, where is that faith from? Is it the faith of your dead self? Or where is that faith coming from? That is all I want to share with you tonight. So when I'm done in 30 minutes, allow us to close, okay? This one is going to cap. You know, sometimes, because, of, because we don't understand, it makes faith feel like it is something you must work for. It is hard to get the faith and live it. Can you see this? But you see, the dead man, the dead man's faith cannot receive salvation. The faith of the dead man in sin cannot receive salvation. So I found out in the word of God what faith actually we used. And that faith that we used was also a gift. Now this will blow your mind to understand that there is nothing, absolutely nothing that a man contributed to salvation. Now, to say receive Jesus into your heart, sometimes if you like, use your own faith. To use your own faith to believe in Christ. But the point is, your own faith, your own human faith as a dead man cannot receive an eternal holy salvation. Okay. If you agree on this basis, follow me. Then we will later on understand and know that every one of us here we have the same amount of faith. It will never change. The day you became born again, the faith you have is the same faith you, have, you will have in your spirit before we go to heaven. So, when we talk about the 
characteristics or the categories of faith, including um, quantity and quality, it has nothing to do with the faith that you received to receive salvation. Okay? Are we on the same? <laughs> You're doing some analysis here. Don't worry, it will come. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Can we go? Even me is heavy on me, so don't worry. Let's look at is it Galatians chapter 2, verse 16? <laughs> the answer is here. I saw this, I was like, huh? So if you don't do huh today, it means that you haven't seen. Look at it. Look at it. He says, knowing, knowing that a man, knowing that a man is not justified. But the Bible says that through faith, we are justified. Is that correct? We are justified by faith. But the Bible is saying that through uh, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by He didn't look at it. He said, knowing that a man, he could have said, but by the faith of the man. But he did not say by the faith of the man. He said, but by the faith of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Even when we believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. We might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no man, no flesh be justified. That one we know already. But what I want you to focus on is the faith of Christ. What he is saying is that, okay, leave this one. Go to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. He said, being justified by faith. Now you realize that here, he said, therefore, being justified by faith. Now, if you don't have revelation about this faith, you might think it's your faith. You get it now? Now, the faith that made you justified is not your human faith in Christ that received justification. Because remember, you were dead. Soul, spirit, body. There's no way a corrupted <laughs> person can, can exercise his corrupted faith to receive eternal and holy salvation and justification. It is impossible. It is impossible. So he said, therefore, being justified by faith. Now, the faith here is not the faith of the one justified. It's not the faith of the man. But the faith of Christ. What it means is that you are, you are in sin. You were dead in sin. Now, remember, I will say it over and over. To be dead in sin means your spirit, your soul, your body dead. Your spirit spiritually dead. Your soul crushed, corrupted. Your body infused with death, mortality, and expired it. So you, now listen, this is very important. And it takes us back to the soul, spirit, and body. You are dead. Which faith? What, I mean, what good do you have inside of you that you are going to extend unto a holy God to receive a holy salvation and justification? Nothing. There's nothing you are going to present. So look at what Jesus did. Remember, nobody too 
can decide to extend their faith or decide to receive Jesus into their heart except somebody speaks to them. So when the word of God is spoken, on Wednesday, I told you that it is like the chocolate toffee that has that liquid, it's called what? Caramel. Now, so when the word of God that was being preached, hold on, the word of God that was being spoken of, it came first of all with Jesus' own faith to the man so that the man can use that faith of Jesus to receive. So the faith was a gift to receive another gift of salvation, to receive another gift of justification, which means there is no contribution from the man. So your salvation is not your faith, your faith that you put in Christ. Your faith has nothing to do with this. It is the faith of Jesus Christ that you received to be able to receive the salvation and to be justified. Can we close? That's all I want to tell you. So go back to um, Galatians 2.16. He said, knowing that a man, and I love why he said a man, because a natural man, so knowing that a man is not justified by the that is why we make the unbelievers feel they are important. Because it's like they have some faith. No, you don't. Your, the faith an unbeliever has is a, is a corrupted one. It can never receive justification. So even the faith that you extend, it has to be Jesus giving you. Oh, I hope, I wish we understand this. So you see, if it has not been Jesus, there is nothing anybody could have done to be justified. Because it, it takes faith to believe in Christ. Is that correct? Now, that faith that you need to believe in Christ, it is Christ's own faith that he gives you. Like you don't have the thing. So he just gives it to you. So you can use it. Naturally, you must use your own thing to receive from him. But he gave you his own faith which qualifies his own faith which qualifies to receive. The human spirit cannot receive. The faith of the human spirit cannot receive. So Jesus gave us his faith. So he said that knowing that, no, that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have what? Believed in Jesus Christ. That we might be justified. That we might be justified. So when we say believe in Jesus Christ, what we are trying to say is that receive Jesus' faith. Now, how can you receive Jesus' faith? Faith cometh by the word. So until a man speaks, them, okay, that is why when you go down into the Greek or the amplified version, it tells you that the faith that comes to a man when the word of God comes must only be the teachings of Christ. Is it, is it gathering here now? Is it Romans chapter 10 verse 17? Okay, yes. <laughs> Listen, with this revelation, you are entering into doctorate class. Do you know how many people out there think it's their faith? Say, Fawujidiye Shenyamimu. (laughs) 
So if imagine I'm a stubborn person, me and me Gideon, me and shame. Look at it. Let's read one go. By hearing what is told. So faith comes. The faith of Jesus comes. Something must be told. Something must be told. And what? And what is heard comes by the preaching. Preaching of what? The message that came from the lips of Christ. Why? Because as you are listening to the message from the Messiah himself, that is when he gives you his faith. So I cannot teach you anything. That is not the message of the Messiah. And assume that you have faith. You don't have faith. It doesn't come. You can't go on a stage and preach about Jeremiah, Isaiah, and so and so forth. And then when you finish, if you are here, you want to receive Jesus. I didn't say it. Look at it. So faith comes by hearing what is told. It means somebody must say it. And what is heard comes by the preaching. By the keruxin. Of what? The message that came from the lips of Christ. I don't want to get into that message for the look of it. You know it already. The Messiah himself. That is how faith comes to you. Okay? Hmm. If this is not enough. Now, after you have received Jesus and by the faith of Christ, now the Bible says that now that he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation. First to the Jew and then to the Greek. Then he said, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 What faith is that one too? What faith is that? Now, you receive the... You, let's assume we, we get the first one. We receive the, the faith of Christ to be saved. We are justified. We are redeemed. We are holy. We are righteous. We are everything. Now, he says you are now called the just. Remember, by the faith you were justified. So, you are called the just. The Bible said, now that just, he shall live by faith. Now, what kind of faith is it? Is it now that the man has been made alive in Christ, so now that corrupted faith, his own corrupted personal faith has now been dealt with. You know, so now he can now walk in the faith that he was supposed to walk in. <laughs> People are seeing you like this here. I just want to announce to you, don't kill yourself. Let's see the answer. What kind of faith is he talking about here? Galatians 2, 20. I am crucified with Christ. I know you have, some of you know this scripture. Okay, so let's look at it differently. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So that statement, Christ liveth in me, what, let's look at it in context. What do you mean by Christ liveth in me? What of Christ lives in him? Is it the whole person of Christ? 
<laughs> he said, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, the Christ that lives in me, when I became justified, is the faith of God's Son. So, actually, the faith that was given to me to receive salvation is the same faith that has been, has been given me or, 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 or left for me. It has been given to me as a gift. So, it's through that I was saved and through that I live. So, now Christ is in me not as a person, but Christ is in me as faith. Christ is in you as faith. Now, faith is a person. <laughs> so, before you became born again, you needed the faith of the Son of God. When you became born again, you need the faith of the Son of God to live this life. Can you see that? So, do you have this faith? Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had what? Dealt to every man the measure of faith. When you check some translation, they say a eh, measure of faith. It's not correct. In the Greek, it is the measure of faith. Show us any translation. Let's see. TPT, NLT, AMPC. He said, for by the grace and merited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought. Not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance. But to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith appointed by God to him. TPT didn't do justice to it. Now, because a lot of us have looked at faith in degrees. Now, the degrees of faith is not the originality of faith. It is the manifestation of faith. Do you know why you might think my faith is bigger than yours? Because you are looking at it in degree. In levels. But faith is not like that. Now, every one of us has been given. So, please don't ever say, oh, because he's a man of God, because he's a prophet, because he's a pastor, because that's how come as for him there, his faith is there. No. Let's settle this matter today. Is your born again, is your salvation different from mine? Is your Jesus different from me? Mine. So then how can the faith be different from yours? You get it now? Which means that your faith, which is Christ, the faith of Christ in you, which you live by today, yours can never be bigger than mine. And mine can never be bigger than yours. Okay? Do you agree? Okay. Because I want you to understand. So that today you guys will use you you would Charlie. Now, if your understanding on faith is not apt, you can't use it well. Because every day you see yourself having gotten there. There's a lot to do to gain faith. You remember the man that said that Lord help our unbelief. 
Uh -huh. So you'll be praying, say, Lord, help my faith. Lord, help my faith. No, no, no. Remember, you were saved and you were justified not by your faith. Because you didn't even have anyone. You were saved and justified by the faith of the Son of God. Somebody's faith was given to you. Now, that faith that was given to you was the fullness of faith. It is the biggest, the highest. If, if, if it is from here to the ceiling, the standard of faith that is needed for a man to be justified and for a man to live his life. That same faith which was given to Jesus Christ is the same faith that you received. So every born again, you have the same faith as Jesus Christ in your spirit. Now that's where the whole thing is. Now all this faith that I'm talking about happened where? In your spirit. Not in your soul. Not in your body. It happened where? In your spirit. So you have the biggest faith that you can ever find. In fact, listen to my words. The faith that Jesus had when he was on the earth. That he was able to raise the dead. He was able to heal the blind. He was able to do all those amazing. That faith that he was able to walk on the water. You know, years ago, I used to think that God is not fair. Because Jesus... He was 100% God, 100% man. That's why he could walk on water. No, I, I used to think, there are a lot of things when I'm not able to do. And I see Jesus do it. I say, no, God is not fair. Because he's son of God. And my thoughts were, even though they were foolish, they look right. Because I couldn't do it, you know. Like I'm praying over water to turn to wine. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of, he didn't pray five days or fasted. He, he didn't even touch the thing. He said, do you have? He said, yes. He said, feel it. He said, drink. Then the thing turned to wine. Then me, I go for the water. I said, in the name of, in the, name of the same Jesus. In the name of the same Jesus that turned the water into wine. Turn to wine. Turn to sprites. Christmas. Turn to Fanta or turn to, you know. And yet, and I can do it. You do it over and over and over and then it, nothing happens to it. Won't you think that Jesus is special? So that's, that's, that was my thought for a long time. Jesus said, do you want to see? He said, see. And the person see. Now out, out, out. Come out. Jesus' name. Jesus. Oh. I am even using the name of the one who did it. And yet, it's taking too long. So you see, it was a foolish thought, but, but it, it makes human sense. So it used to be my thought. So when I read, and I get here and I read, I say, oh, and he walk on the water. And I say, sound of God, half God, half man. Me, full man. Because I never understood all these things I understand today. Can you walk on water today? <laughs> Look. He said, he said you have been given the measure. That the measure means specific faith. That is Christ. That is Christ. Christ is your faith. He is the fullness. Now to say that my faith, your faith is bigger than mine. Is to say the Christ I have is smaller than yours. 
then Christ has become a small God. <laughs> because it's in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the kingdom of small gods and where they have ranks, right? Because if somebody has a God that uses it, he wants to go and buy a bigger God to add to his own. They, they work in ranks of demons. But I'm telling you that the, the faith you have is the biggest, is the final, is the, I don't know how to put, how to put it, but it is the fullness of the faith your, body, your, your spirit needs. If Jesus were here today, the faith is in, your, in your spirit right now would have been the same faith he would have been using. Because remember, now he doesn't need faith any longer because he's in heaven. There's no faith in heaven. Okay? So Jesus is your faith. Oh. Please, maybe if you don't get it, when you go home, go and meditate on it. Yesterday I meditated, I slept like a baby. He gave himself to me as faith to receive from the Father salvation. And whatever gift he gives me, that tells you that when he gives you a gift, he doesn't take it back. That same gift he gave you to be saved is the same, if it worked, if you believe you are saved, if you believe, how many of you believe you are saved? Okay. Now, if you believe you are saved by the faith of the Son of God, why won't you believe that you will live? And the living by the faith of the Son of God will give you exactly what it promises or what it says he will give you. So, that faith that you receive from Jesus to be saved, where is that faith? Now, that faith is deposited and resident in your spirit. So where is the faith? We are, we, are, we are going on a journey, so follow me. Okay. So now, if that faith is in my spirit, the question is, how much of that living faith do I want to use? That is when the quantity of faith comes in. Now, if I give you, all of you, thousand Ghana cities to use, that is the fullness of the money that you ever wanted in this life. Thousands it is. And somebody decides to buy an item for 800 Ghana CD. And another person decides to buy an item for 100 Ghana CD. They all initially had 1,000. But in the usage of their 1,000 Ghana CD, it was different. So the diversity of faith is not in the originality. The diversity of faith is in the releasing and the use of the faith. Now, for you to think that you have been given some degree of faith is to call forth the injustice of God and the favoritism of God and the biasness of God. Because why would God give this lady 70% degree of faith and give another man 10% of, of faith and expect them to do the same thing? It is impossible. But he has given all of us the same, um, the same amount and quantity and quality of faith. So whatever, if somebody receives Jesus today, okay, the faith the person receives right now is the same as somebody who has been in, in, in Christ for like a thousand years. Their faith is the same. I just want to establish this. So that we, we, we clear our mind and don't think that, you know, I'm not able to do what I'm able to do. Assuming that you are praying for a sick, the sick, 
and it doesn't go and another man comes and he prays by and then he says oh because he's a man of God or that's how we normally think so you want to elevate that person to a particular point that his faith is bigger than mine and I'm telling you that notion is wrong the faith that the man of God has is the exact faith amount and quality of faith that you have there is no difference where is this they are all it is in your spirit the faith of the son of God is in your spirit is there but how much of the faith I release determines what I receive from the faith if I receive if I release little faith if that little faith is of good quality I can ask mountain to move because see, you don't need great faith to move mountain. He said, if you have faith as little as what? Master seed. You will tell the mountain, be thou moved. What happens to you when you speak in tongues? Tell me. Do you believe in speaking in tongues? What happens when you speak in tongues? Yes, let's go. You edify yourself, meaning you build yourself. Okay. What else? You get filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay. Uh-huh. You speak musterio. Okay. Uh-huh. You speak to God. Uh-huh. You speak the language of angels. Uh-huh. You speak in the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. You make tremendous power available. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to tell you. The last one is that it helps you to produce results. Sunanti Lambanoma. The spirit himself helpeth. Helpeth our infirmity. Why am I asking you all these questions? Because when we say speak in tongues, you might decide to speak or not. And so you see, all the benefits that the Bible, the word of God has said, happens when a man speaks in tongues. You will never experience it. Can you see that? You'll be transfigured. You'll be transfigured. You begin to carry the glory. Now, the problem about faith is not whether you have a big faith or you have a small faith. The problem about the activeness or the manifestations of faith is knowledge problem. So simple. It's knowledge problem. That is why a lot of you pray. You speak in tongues, alright, but you pray in the flesh. You are praying, Rabadasha, alright, but everything you are doing is in the flesh. I'm, I keep telling you, anybody that speaks in tongues and gets tired and feels sleepy, you are not connected. You are only mumbling. You are only mumbling. Because first of all, you are ignorant of the benefits of the thing. Second, even if you are not ignorant, why do you speak in tongues? I speak in tongues because I believe. With, which, with what do I believe? With the faith of the Son of God in my spirit. I showed you in Philemon 
chapter 1, verse 6, he says that your faith, now anytime you see your faith, you just know that it is not just he's talking about. He's only talking about the faith of the Son of God. He's saying that it will not be effective until you acknowledge. So he said that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Effectual means it, might, it produces result. It produces result by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in Christ. So, until you are able to acknowledge what is inside of you, it doesn't happen. Spiritual things don't Look, I told you yes, I told you on Wednesday, growing spiritually, it has nothing to do with your spirit. Because, your, you see, the, the, the spirit you have now is the one that has been recreated just like God in righteousness and in holiness. In perfection. It is exactly as who Jesus is now. Didn't he say, I see, so are you? Your spirit doesn't need any growth. <laughs> your spirit doesn't need growth. Neither is it going to diminish. You see the spirit you have today? When we enter into heaven, that is the same spirit you are entering into heaven with. It's, nothing is going to increase or decrease. But the growth you need is the growth in your soul. What does it mean? How much of what is inside of your spirit is being released into your soul? That is what we call spiritual growth of a man. How much of his mind is renewed to the things of the spirit? In other words, how much of what is all the things that are deposited in his spirit, how much can his soul pick from his spirit? If you begin to do this, then we say you are growing spiritually. And you see, you cannot grow spiritually by prayer. You cannot grow spiritually by And normally, people leave spiritual growth to this too. Pray more. Fast more. Because they think those things are in line. They think those things you are doing is in line with the, the, the move of, spirit, of the spirit. But I'm telling you, you can have somebody who moves mightily in the manifestations of the spirit, but who is a baby? If I give you a prophecy in public that threatens your marriage or threatens the breakup of your family, it might be true, everything I'm saying, but I'm a baby. Because you see, the Bible tells you there were people Jesus saw behind the scenes. Jesus could have attended. You think Nicodemus, that was the only time Jesus saw him. Jesus could have confronted Nicodemus in public and said to him, Nicodemus, you, are you not a ruler of the people? Why are you thinking this in your mind? You don't, he never did it. You think Jesus didn't know that Nicodemus would come to him? He knew. So there are some people, Jesus would deal with them 
in the secret because of who they are. Go to John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisee. Look at his rank. Of the Pharisee. Pharisee means the elders, those who know the Torah. Named Nicodemus. He's a lawyer. A ruler of the Jews. Look at his caliber. What did he do? The same came to Jesus by night, said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Then in verse 3, Jesus answered verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of, he cannot enter into whatever. Uh-huh. Then he said, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter second, in, second time into his mother's womb and be reborn? Look at Jesus' answer. Jesus answered, very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Then he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Uh -huh. The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst, you know, he began to speak these things. You know, nine. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus said, Thou art a master of Israel. He said, Are thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? These words, Jesus cannot speak to him like that in public. Why? Because Jesus perceived this man has come as seeking something. So you see, spiritual growth has nothing to do with too much prayer or too much fasting. Spiritual growth has to do with the renewing of your mind. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Raymond Knight at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on Friday at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Vanessa service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed victory in the name